Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We'll read verses 21 through 24. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. My name is Pastor Brandon Blackston, and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And now is the time. Some of you who are more ambitious have probably already gotten your trees and ornaments and everything down. And there's some of you who are taking your time. And uh, you know that, that Christmas is 12 days, and so you're going to take the full 12 days and maybe a few extra on the back end before you start taking things down. But, but I wonder for you this year, when all the decorations are gone, what's left? I don't know about you, but I often find myself feeling just kind of this emptiness after everything is over on Christmas. After all the presents are taken down um, and, and unwrapped and, and toys are played with and people go home and, and just kind of all of the expectation that's gone into it. And, and then you just think, is, is that it? Is, is there anything else? Now, I know some of you are kind of the opposite. It's like, there can't be anything else, right? Please tell me I get to take a nap now. But sometimes there's that kind of empty just feeling of, of what's left. And especially if this Christmas wasn't what you hoped it would be because you haven't been able to get together with family, you weren't able to celebrate in the way that you wanted. Um, maybe you were struggling because of COVID, you did, weren't able to, um, to buy as much for your family. Or even you had family members who have been lost. Sometimes Christmas can be really hard. And in the aftermath, we sometimes are just left feeling kind of deflated. What's left when all the decorations come down? That's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're wrapping up our sermon series, A Different Kind of Christmas. And we know this is a Christmas that has been unlike any other. But our prayer has been that even as it's been different, that in this season you've been able to experience Jesus fully and that you might have experienced him in a new and powerful way. And today my hope is that you will continue to take whatever you've experienced with you into the new year not just for a nice season or a nice encounter with God, a good feeling for a moment, but for a lifetime that has changed. Because a different kind of Christmas doesn't have to give way to the same old kind of new year. We don't have to just go back to the way things were and, wow, it was really great this year, things were different, but I got to experience God in a powerful way. Okay, what's next? I'm just going to do whatever my calendar says and, and things will pretty much go back to normal, whatever that means these days. It doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, we can make an intentional effort to allow the things that God was saying to us and revealing to us during the Christmas season to influence the way we spend every day going forward. Because we know that our decorations may come down, but Jesus is still with us. He wasn't just visiting for the holidays and then going back to heaven and we'll see you next year or we'll see you at Easter. He's with us always, every moment, from our first breath to our last. And that changes the way that we live. And so that's what I want to talk about today, because what I really hope for you is that Christmas doesn't just come and go, but that it makes a lasting difference in your life, because the coming of Christ changes everything. And so that's the question we're going to ask today. What, Christmas, what difference does Christmas make? What difference does it make in our lives 
whenever January rolls around, is anything different. And we're going to look at what happened immediately after Jesus' birth and the effect that it had on the people around him. And, and so after his birth, being um, a faithful Jewish couple, um, Jesus' parents took him to the temple um, to fulfill um, the law by offering a sacrifice. And as we just heard from the Gospel of Luke, the sacrifice that they offered um, was, was two birds, either turtle doves or pigeons. One of the things that that tells us about Jesus' family is they weren't wealthy. What's prescribed in the law, if you go back and look at the text, was, was a sheep was the preferred offering. But it made provision for people who weren't able to afford a sheep, and they would offer turtle doves instead. And so that tells us a little bit about his upbringing. We know that Joseph um, was a, a carpenter or some kind of craftsman, but, uh, but obviously that wasn't a trade that made him wealthy. Uh, and so we know that about them. And, and so they went, they offered that sacrifice. And while they were there, they met two people. They met a righteous and devout man named Simeon and a prophet named Anna. One of the things that I think is worth remarking on, we won't spend a lot of time here, but, but one of the things is that, um, that a woman named Anna was a prophet. Frequently, whenever we read the, the Bible and um, the gospel stories, we see that women um, didn't have leadership roles in a patriarchal culture. Um, but this is one example where we see a woman in an important role, one appointed by God as a prophet. And so that's just a, a great reminder that Jesus didn't just come for men. He didn't just come for people in power. He came for everyone, including people like Anna. And so this is what they experienced whenever they were at the temple and they met these two people. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. One of the things you'll remember about this time is that um, this was a time when the Roman Empire occupied Israel, and the people were, um, were oppressed by them, um, were subservient, basically had to follow um, what Rome said. And often those decrees were enforced by violence. And so they were oppressed, they were struggling, they were looking for deliverance. And so Simeon was one of the people he eagerly awaited the restoration of Israel, and he longed for the Messiah whom God had promised to send. And so Simeon had been prayerful, the Holy Spirit guided him, and on that day the Spirit led him to the temple. And this is what happened whenever he got there. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. What a a beautiful prayer that, that he offers. And often in the Christian tradition, that prayer is used at the end of worship or as a, a bedtime prayer. We know that, um, that every day is uncertain. We don't know where things uh, will go in the day to come, but we know that we can rest in peace as people who have seen God's salvation through his son. So that's a beautiful prayer. That's one you might try um, praying for yourself uh, from Luke 2 this week. But, but what Simeon experienced is the Savior that he had longed for had finally arrived. The one that he had prayed for, that he had awaited, that he desired to come was there. And things were totally different because he knew that the hope that he held out for the freeing of his people, God had provided through Jesus. And so everything was different for Simeon. And then we read about Anna. It says, There was a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. 
And so um, in that culture, she was probably married as a teenager. Um, She was married in her teens and then only lived with her husband for seven years before he died. And so she may have been a widow for 60 or more years, for a really long time, and spent that time in the temple, waiting and fasting and praying, longing for the coming of the one who had saved them. Anna spent decades of her life fasting and praying for the coming of the Messiah. And this is what Luke says whenever she finally met him. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. She went out and told everyone who was longing for the same thing that she was longing for, for Israel to be delivered. When Anna met Jesus, she couldn't keep it to herself. She told everyone. And so these two people had been waiting for this moment for their entire lives for decades and finally had experienced it. And everything was different for Anna and Simeon after meeting Jesus. They didn't just meet him that day and say, okay, that was a really great moment. I'm going to document this on Instagram. Now what's for lunch? Right? I mean, it wasn't just something that happened, and they're like, okay, that's great. You know, back to normal. It changed everything for them. At the moment that they had been waiting for the deliverance that God had promised centuries before, that they had been longing for their entire lives, had come. And nothing could be the same anymore. And that's true for us as well, not just for people 2,000 years ago, but for us today. We know that because Christ has come, everything is different. Meeting Jesus doesn't just create one joyful moment. It changes everything. And we don't just experience that at Christmas, but we can carry it with us into the new year. And so it's possible for us to have a different kind of 2021, not just where we do the same kind of things we've always done and figure out how we're going to live through the pandemic and just get to the end. But, but if we let him, Jesus can change everything for us. He will change everything if we only let him. Because he doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't make us change. He doesn't make us do the things that he asks us to do. He, he doesn't require that of us. And so we have to let him in and allow him to make those changes inside of us. But we can do that because Christmas isn't only a celebration of Jesus' birth. It's not just whenever we celebrate a baby and and then, you know, he goes back into the box and we celebrate it again next year. It's a celebration of the incarnation. That's how theologians talk about it. And what it means is that God was made flesh, that God came in the person of Jesus and lived among us, became human. He suffered, he taught, he guided us. He even died for us and rose again. And because of that, not just because he was born, but because all that Jesus taught and did, we can celebrate that he is still with us, that he is with us and changes everything for us, that nothing is the same after his coming. In fact, this is what Paul says about what his coming accomplishes. He says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. Adoption as children of God, so that we might know that we are God's beloved children, no matter what. That God's love for us is unconditional, and no matter what situation we are in, we can count on that, that that is fundamentally true about us. That at our core, that is who we are. We know that because Jesus came. And so as we, as we put away all the decorations, as we move into a new year, I want to encourage you and challenge you, not just to go back to the way things were, not just to take life 
whatever life hands you and, and just barrel through as best you can. But as we enter a new year, I, I want to challenge you to let the incarnate Jesus, the one who became flesh, shape you continually, to continue to form you and shape you into the person that he's called you to be. And so we can do this by applying the things that, that we've learned over the last few weeks. We can do this by embracing the hope of Mary, the hope that carried her through whenever she was uh, a teenage uh, mother um, who, before she was even married, found out that she was going to become pregnant and embraced God's plan for her anyway. And who continued, even as Jesus became a teacher, as he was criticized and she had to watch, even as she had to watch him die. And following his resurrection, as she became a leader for the church, she held on to hope. And that hope is available to us as well. We can also be shaped by Jesus by giving up on perfect and allowing Jesus into our messy lives. You can allow him to shape you by letting him into your messy life. Because all of our lives have their messy parts. We all have cracks in our lives, no matter how well we try to put things together to make them appear. We all have problems. And Jesus comes into those, and he doesn't erase them. He doesn't hide them, but he heals them. And so we not only give up on having the perfect Christmas, but we can give up on having the perfect home, the perfect family, the perfect job, the perfect resume, the perfect high school or college transcript. We can let all of that go and let Jesus in to where we really are, to where we need him, into the places that are the darkest where we most need him to shine his light. We can also be shaped by him by living the values of our king. You can allow him to shape your values, not just by going along with whatever culture said is, is good, whatever is broadly accepted. Um, you know, at Christmas time, one of the biggest cultural values that we have to fight against is, is the value of consumerism, of thinking that more stuff, better stuff, will make us happier. We know that's not true. That's not the value that Jesus gives us. And so we submit to a different set of values. And one of those is sharing with the poor, recognizing that if it's not good news to the poor, as Pastor Mark told us, it's not good news, because that's who Jesus came to save. He came to save all who need him, and particularly those who are desperate, who are struggling, who are lonely, and who need him. And so I want to invite you to do that. Here are the action steps I want to challenge you to live out this week. First, as you put away your decorations, I want to invite you to turn that into a time of prayer and pray for Jesus to remain with you. You may have a nativity set. I've got one that I love. Um, we picked it up whenever we were in Bethlehem and got this lovely olive wood set. But I picked up, um, you know, we picked up the set. We set it up every year. It brings back great memories. But, but every year, whenever Christmas is over, I, I get Jesus and find the paper that he's wrapped up in. And it seems really weird to me to just put Jesus back into a box for an entire year. And yet that's what we do. And so I want to invite you as, you as you're putting your things up, even as you're putting baby Jesus away, to, to pray, Jesus remain with me because he is with you. And we just need to be reminded that he's with us, that he continues to guide us, that he continues to hold us with him. And then I know for many people, the week in between Christmas and New Year's is kind of a down week. It's slow for some of you at work. And uh, that may not be true if you're in the medical profession. And, and if you are, I just want you to know that we are praying for you. Thank you for all the sacrifices that you've made to help people stay healthy and well and to care for those who are sick. But, but if you are a person who has some downtime, you know, this week, take an hour and pray and reflect and ask God how God is leading you 
to live differently in 2021. This comes naturally um, as a time of reflection. As one year turns to another, we spend time making resolutions, doing those kinds of things. And, uh, and so just add this to what you're doing. Just take that hour and just pray and reflect, God, how would you have me live in a new year? How would you help me take the things that you've helped me experience during Christmas and to bring them into a new year? And then write thank you notes. This is something that I do every year whenever I get gifts. I'm almost great at it. Um, my mom raised me right, and, um, and then my wife helped me to achieve perfection or at least get closer than I previously was. But, but one of the great things that you can do after Christmas is to write thank you notes to people who have given you gifts. But, but don't just thank them for things. Thank them for who they are and for how they've shown God's love to you. Because one of the ways that, that we experience God, the ways that God comes alive in our lives, is through other people. And so just say, thank you for helping God come alive in my life. Thank you for helping make God incarnate for me. And as you do those things, I I pray that that God would continue to remain with you, that you would experience Jesus not just at Christmas for a few days or a few weeks, that he would go with you throughout the year and continue to shape you in a new way of living, into a new 2021 and beyond. Because even whenever the ornaments come down, Emmanuel, God with us, is still with us. He doesn't just come in for the holidays and check in and and then leave and see you again at Easter. He's with us always, no matter what. No matter what we've done, no matter how things change, in everything, he is with us. We pray with me. God, we thank you that you've sent your son And that even though he was born in Bethlehem a long time ago, that he continues to be with us. And he changes everything for us. And so we pray that as this year ends and we begin a new one, that he would continue to work in us. And that he would continue to shape us, to make us into the people that you created us to be. People who love you, people who love our neighbors, and people who serve those who are in need. We pray that in everything you would help us to love as Jesus loved. Now we pray using the words that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.